Hi, I'm your host, Brittany Spence, and this is In the Face of Illness. We are a podcast committed to cultivating a greater understanding of the many resources available for families facing childhood illness, because we believe this is a vital topic of conversation, not only for families in the throes of the fight, but for everyone. Ultimately, we are here to offer hope in the face of illness. Jenny Lynn Utkoff is Vice President of Community Outreach for Methodist Lebonner Healthcare, where she is responsible for more than 20 evidence-based community programs and 250 health professionals working in the community. After receiving her nursing degree, she began her career as a nurse in Lebonner Children's Hospital's emergency department. She has 25 years of experience in healthcare marketing, communications, and program administration in both the for-profit and not-for-profit sectors. She returned to Lebonner in 2005, where she led the hospital's marketing and communications efforts for 10 years. She has led the Methodist Lebonner System's Community Outreach Division since 2016. She is an active member of Holy Communion Episcopal Church, serves on the alumni board of St. Mary's Episcopal School, and is a member of the Junior League of Memphis. Uh, We are so excited um, to have Jenny Lynn with us today, so welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, So I've known Jenny Lynn a long time. We actually reminisced before we started about um, me being a part of um, her children's lives years and years and years ago. And so it's fun to have you back. And I've known you in your roles throughout La Bonner and then also in the the most important role of mom. So, and you're, you're a great mom as well. So we're excited though for you to be here and to tell us more about your role within Lebonner and Methodist. So tell us just a little bit about that. Well, first of all, I could talk forever <laughs> about my role at, um, at Methodist Lebonner. Um, right now I am, um, the vice president of community outreach for both Methodist and Lebonner. Um, it is absolutely the best job that I have ever had. It's a wonderful opportunity to give back to the community and, and really help the kids that are at most need um, here in Memphis. So let's go back a little bit. Okay. Just kind of how your career in general led you to this. Okay. So okay. kind of how did you, what did you start and then how did we get to this? Um, very convoluted career, but it has been largely centered on children okay. and on Lebonner. I started as a nurse in the emergency department at Lebonner and did that for probably about five or so years, went back to school, fell in love with marketing, and was in the marketing department at Lebonner for a number of years, have worked for-profit, not-for-profit, um, been in and out of Lebonner about, probably about seven years ago. Um, Mary Armour, who was the CEO at Lebonner, asked if I would be interested in helping Lebonner in the community and took on that administrative role then and have been doing it ever since. And so is there kind of a mission or vision or what's when you, you know, if someone says, tell me about the community services program, how would you kind of put, because then we'll talk a little bit about different programs, but how would you put it as a whole? Kind of what, what is a way of saying what the, the hope, the dream, the mission, the vision is? I think the mission of Lebonner's community work, it is absolutely part of the of the strategy um, for the hospital and the mission. 
Labonner has been involved in the community for probably about 45 years. Mm-hmm. Um, that work has grown throughout the years and about, I guess it was right around the time that I became the, the vice president of that area, it became part of the hospital-specific strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of the pillars that we will improve the health of children in the community. And this is work that is largely done outside of our roles. Mm-hmm. The vision is that we will help children, largely those that are at risk, that maybe need a little bit of extra mm-hmm. um, care and to, to keep them out of the hospital, mm-hmm. to keep them healthy. Um, our providers largely have driven this effort, the physicians, the clinicians who have seen children come into La Bonner with different illnesses, different um, injuries. And I think that um, I'm very, very proud of, of the fact that these clinicians would see these children and we do a great job giving them medicine, mm-hmm. putting them back together, fixing their broken bones, and then we send them back into environments that may have brought them to the hospital in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so those clinicians... Um, decided that this really wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. It wasn't enough that we fix them, that we do a great job inside the hospital, but that we look beyond that at some of the causative factors to see if we couldn't prevent them from coming back again Mm -hmm. and certainly from preventing other kids from coming in. So it's um, a lot of prevention Mm -hmm. kind of work a lot of education, and then it's also the extra support that many of the kids that live particularly in poverty in Memphis need. Mm-hmm. About it, It's very unfortunate that in our community today, about 37% of kids in Memphis live in poverty. Wow. And what we know is that those children have a harder time and need some extra support. And that is largely what our programs seek to do. So really, it's it's Trying to keep the kids from even coming mm-hmm. inside the doors of Lobonner. Right. What are we doing back out in the community? And and um, I was a part of, of one of your community programs mm-hmm. called the Nurse Family Partnership. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that was just stood out to me so much is, one, how personal yes um how those nurses really built such a relationship with these teen moms yes that it wasn't just do this and don't do this it was teaching them it was walking beside them and it was doing it in such a loving way Uh, but my eyes were really opened um, as well you know that I had a very involved mother grandmother aunts and uncles and so mm-hmm. on that really showed me and taught me so many of the things that that I needed to know and be aware of while pregnant, you know, while, um, you know, delivering, trying to nurse or breastfeed or whatever else, that that isn't always the way that it goes. There isn't True. always a someone really saying, are you taking prenatal? Are you going regularly to your doctor's appointments? Are you doing, you know, taking care of yourself in this way and that way? In that seeing the nurse 
nurses from Nursery Room Partnership really come around those moms and mm-hmm. love them mm-hmm. in such a way mm-hmm. and support them. Mm-hmm. We even have had the blessing of being able to support some of those mothers who um, have had some struggles along the way. And so Nursery Room Partnership, they've reached out to the Four Spins Fund and said, hey, you know, this baby got a little bit sick. Can you help them? Can you do this? But it's an ongoing process. Correct. And just such a, to me, really... Because then what is that teen mother doing? She's going back in the schools and she's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And she is making a difference because she's then telling others, I learned this. Did you know this? Or, mm-hmm. you know, so on and so on. And the ripple effect of changing what was the norm is now flipped right. and said, actually, no, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to get prenatal care. You're supposed to go regularly to a doctor's appointment. Um, it just really, it, it is a beautiful thing. Right. You you could give this interview on Nurse Family Partnership, Brittany. It was beautiful. I really, it's, it is when people ask, I'm like, that one. So I was very close to the to the founder um, of uh, Slingshot. Yes. And uh, when meeting with him, I, you know, was just talking to him in general. And I really was the one that said, you, Nurse Family Partnership, that is who. That is your vision, Slingshot's vision of what they're trying to do in mm-hmm. Memphis and the difference they're making. Um, I mean, I went and, and to down to Nursery Room Partnership and said, give me everything you have. I dropped it literally in his mailbox and mm-hmm. said, this is who right here because it's amazing. And I know you have many programs like that. I mean, that's that's just one that I got to be up close and personal with. But tell me about some of the other programs that y'all have. And right. um, before I do that, I do want to just touch on what you said about the loving, you know, relationship that you've seen. And one of the things that is so important in community work is that we are actually going into someone else's environment. We are actually being invited into the home to help. Very different from what we do in the hospital when patients and families come to us. On the community side, we are actually going into their home. And in order for us to be effective in nurse family partnership or really in any of our programs, we have to truly meet families where they are. And build the trust Mm -hmm. in order to provide the help. Yeah. So very, very important. And what you mentioned about the work that Forrest Spence Fund has done and now Slingshot is doing. When we go into homes and a family is concerned about how they're going to get to the doctor. You know, they don't have a car. They don't have reliable transportation. Or if they are concerned about food. Yeah. About not having enough money for prenatal vitamins or whatever it is. And if we can go in and meet them where they are and help address those needs, Mm -hmm. then we have a much higher success rate at being able to provide the medical support. Yeah. And the education that they need. Yeah. So that is really important. Yeah. Um, what you all have done yeah. to help those families yeah. with immediate needs and, yeah. and now um, Slingshot. Um, other programs that we do, we have a program called CHAMP that actually helps 
children that are chronically ill from asthma. And um, these children are on 10 care. Mm -hmm. Um, They are many times lacking some of the same resources that our families do in um, nurse family partnership. They don't have the money for maybe some of their medications. Mm. Um, housing is a huge issue. Yeah. And safe housing. And safe housing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing that we work with the young mothers. Many times um, they don't have stable housing, yeah. so working with them on yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the housing situation is tough in yeah. Memphis. Yeah. Um, a lot of um, remediation is, is needed. Right. Um, there is, you know, many times multiple and mildew right. and those right. kind of things that may cause exacerbations through some of our other community partners. Um, medical legal partnership will sometimes help yeah. families be able to work with landlords to get improvements done on properties, um, you know, safety, yeah. um, you know, help with those those kinds of things. Yeah. And so even with CHAMP, mm-hmm. I mean, my understanding of that is, you know, Labonner was seeing these reoccurrent, Correct. you know, these horrible flare-ups where this, you know, child was having to be uh, brought in by an ambulance yes. because they weren't breathing, and then it was a continuous. And so then all of a sudden, Labonner goes, "Hey, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. You know, what's there's got to be more to this." And then figuring out, okay, let's look at all these these things. You know, I've got an asthmatic as well. And so it's something that I think about a lot. Environment, things that yes. we've changed, things yes. that we've fixed. But, you know, we we have the resources to be able to do it. We have um, you know, we we've had the ability to make a lot of changes. And it's not always that easy just to say, oh yeah, we're we're not gonna we're gonna fix this certain things. We're gonna clean the air ducts. We're gonna you know, get the landlord to clean the the mold or the mildew or whatever else. And so what y'all really are doing is saying, let's look at those things. What are the continuous things that Mm -hmm. makes this child continuously get sick? And let's help them see that and change that. And then if it does become an issue, landlord refuses to, you know, clean the mold. That's where you then get in another one of your community partners to take part, right? Right. And so then you can have Memphis Child come right, on their behalf and kind of advocate, what do we need to do? Because if this is not fixed, this child is going to continuously keep being sick and keep going into the hospital. And so whatever your team can do to kind of help prevent that. Right, right, right. And what we saw at Le Bonner, um were the more the frequent ED admissions. Mm-hmm. And what we did was we actually structured a program um, that's got a medical component to it mm-hmm. in terms of the CHAMP clinic, a clinic that is dedicated to these high-risk asthma patients, and also a community aspect of okay. it okay. that could provide some surround services for these kids that are high-risk. Um, the children, um, basically, we had specific um, admission criteria mm-hmm. where they would have had two ED visits within a year or one admission to the um, ICU. Okay. So very high risk right. asthma patients. Um, we actually worked with TenCare, mm-hmm. who is the, the payer for these children, and we got access to the data mm-hmm. so that we could monitor these children to see how many times they're going to the clinic, You know how many times they're coming to the ED, 
also whether or not they're getting their medications filled. Mm -hmm. And so we knew this. Yeah. And so instead of, um, you know, the, the patients coming into the clinic and the doctor saying, so are you giving the child the medicine? Guess what the answer generally is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Our community team looks at the data yeah. and we know whether or not that prescription's getting filled. Right. If it's not, then the question is, how can we help you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, get the medicines for your child. Do you need some help? Yeah. And then help facilitate that process. Right. Okay. So it's a just it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, instead of, you know, a family being maybe put on the defense, yeah. you know, in terms of what they're doing or what they're not doing. Right. Really looking more to how can we help this child. Yeah. Likewise, um, on coming to the clinic, we know that any chronic disease, children need to be seen by their physician. Right. They're not coming to the physician. Mm. Instead of just you know, them not showing up at the clinic and they get a reminder call and then they don't come and then they don't come. Our community team Mm -hmm. will call up and say, you know, Miss Bence, we see that, you know, you haven't brought your child to the clinic. Um, Do you need some help getting here? Yeah. It's a little bit different. And then what we would do then is arrange for transportation sometimes. Um, Maybe it's the appointment time that's not working. But work with that family to try to help them get the care that they need. Yeah. And that is the beautiful thing with our community health workers. And we have community health workers across all of our programs. Mm -hmm. Um, Very trust-building. Yeah. Again, meeting the families where they are right. in a non-confrontational way. Right. Families want to do what's best for their child. Yeah, absolutely. But many times in those families that are impoverished, they need some extra help. Yeah. And so what we've been able to do is use a very evidence-based approach, which Nurse Family Partnership is, CHAMP as well, so that we've figured out what works. Yeah. And we can do that in the most cost-effective way. Yeah, yeah. So give some examples of a few other community programs. Safe Kids, right? Um, We have Safe Kids. Uh Um, Safe Kids is all about accident prevention. The number one morbidity Mm -hmm. for children are unintentional accidents. Mm. And so we have a um, pretty robust program through Safe Kids. Yeah on promotion of safety for children yeah. with car seats. Um, it's it's very, safe sleep is yeah. a huge one. We, and, the bike helmets, yeah. all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, recently, we have done a lot of work with gun Guns, safety. Yeah. Um, it's very unfortunate that the number two killer of children in our community is, um, is, is gun injury. Yeah. We had Dr. Regan Williams on over July 4th, mm-hmm. and um, that really stemmed from that truly when we talk about some of the reasons of why we decided to launch this podcast, the July 4th before, so July 4th of 2021, my husband was um, on call, and when mm-hmm. you're on call for uh, Campbell Clinic, you actually are on call at all the hospitals, not just He's pediatric, so not just Laboner. So he was Laboner. He was the med. Mm-hmm. He was um, all the Methodist and Baptist. And 
I remember him coming home and truly was like, Mm -hmm. it is just blowing my mind Mm -hmm. the amount of kids, you know, who are playing with fireworks, who not only are playing with fireworks, they're they're closing their hand around the firework mm-hmm. and then it's blowing up in their hand and you can imagine what happened. And and so he just was like, if we launch this, you have to do one on safety. Like you have to do one on what are ways that we can keep kids safe so we hopefully keep them out. And so it was really beautiful having Dr. Williams on to talk about you know, these are all the different ways. And again, some of it is just knowledge is power. Our age bracket, we didn't have helmets. You know, car seats were not, I mean, I had car seats, but just meaning it wasn't this like in it all the time, five mm-hmm. points, keep your kid backwards for so long. Um, you know, just some of the things that we have learned about safety. Right. And so some of it is just knowledge and um, you know, sometimes our friends, kids, parents will say, you know, oh, well, we know you and David don't blank, blank, blank. And part of it is, hey, we've seen it. I mean, we've mm-hmm. we've seen the mm-hmm. ATV accidents. Yes. We've seen the trampoline accidents. We've seen the gunshot yes. wounds. We've, we've seen the kid riding their bike without a helmet thinking they're safe on a sidewalk in a car. Because I'm like, we've seen it. And so, yeah, we, we are a little more of safety, like... You know, but I don't know if I had been in the role I'm in or David the role he in, if we would have even known right. that these are all things that you have to think about. And so I love that about safe kids because I feel like they too do it in such a knowledge of this is what this is just things that that research based. Yes. This is truth facts. This is ways that you can protect and keep your kids safe. And even helping them with that, whether it's getting the car seats or, you know, helmet campaigns or, you know, whatever it is, I think drowning prevention. I mean, that really has been such a beautiful thing to see throughout Memphis, you know, getting these kids um, who probably wouldn't have access to swim swim lessons are expensive. That's right. You know, and so getting kids the ability to even get that because every kid deserves to know how to swim. Right. You know, every kid deserves to have a car seat and be safe and have the things. And so I love that Methodist and Lamonter are doing these things that they're saying. It's not just about when they come in our hospital, That's what right. are we doing? But what are we doing to prevent them from even needing our right, hospital? Right, right. And that is really at the very core of what the history of our community um, initiatives has been, you mentioned Regan Williams Mm -hmm. and seeing the number of children that are coming in as a result of firearm injuries, Mm -hmm. not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do to stem this? Mm -hmm. Using the very trusted voice of Lamonor first and foremost to build awareness. Yeah. You know, community awareness about the issue. Yeah. Um, Another program that we have just recently started with Dr. Williams is a hospital violence intervention program. I don't know if Regan talked about Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is a program where children that are victims of a firearm injury, um, we actually have a community team embedded um, at the hospital to intercept those children and do things to help 
prevent that from happening again. Research states Mm -hmm. that if a child has been a victim of a traumatic injury once, the chances for it happening again are very, very high. Yeah, yeah. And so we actually have a team embedded with the the trauma service that does a social assessment to see maybe what are the indicators that may have brought them there in the first place. Right. What can we do? Yeah. And then also a safety assessment. Yeah. Um, We work with a host of community partners that are boots on the ground out in some of these communities to let them know that the child is returning back, working with the schools. Yeah. And then mental health is a huge piece of that. Mm -hmm. Um, The stress that these children are enduring Mm -hmm. um, because of these kind of incidents is very high. Um, We actually partner with the University of Memphis um, to provide counseling to these trauma patients, you know, to help them deal with the stress. About seven, I think we we did a study um, where uh, on our kids that were coming in from traumas Mm -hmm. and about 65% of those patients that come in with a traumatic injury are measuring at acute stress levels, which is just under the PTSD. Wow. So it's a huge need. And it just is, I mean, it's really, truly heartbreaking to think about. I mean, kids shouldn't, do you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't, we would hope that that would not be. I mean, right. how how right. much? And truly, y'all doing these things too. What I don't know if it can be even grasped totally, but what you're also doing to help then prevent these things from adults. I mean, you know, when when David is at the med, um, he will often say, you know, that that he sees. I mean, especially when he was training and he was at the med all the time doing his trauma rotations, but. He had many repeat offenders. Yes. You know, Johnny come in, you know, he's been shot in the thigh. They fix him up. Johnny goes out, you know, three months later, Johnny comes in. He shot in another place or he's got a different injury. And David said, there were times that I would look at him and be like, Johnny, change your life. Right. Like, quit going back to whatever you're doing. Right, right, right. I've seen you twice. If we can catch them as children. Yes. And be able to address the issues there, then... I think we will have a better outcome. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think, I do think as a whole, and and I think the the world is going to a place where we are starting to understand the ramifications. I mean, these things that are in place of even research of saying, if you're, if a child can't, you know, understand this amount of sight words by this grade, if they can't read by this grade, the statistics to show what then happens from that. And so things that are going into place, wonderful programs like Arise to Read and other nonprofits that are coming and saying, we have to change that because they've got to know how to read and write because that will lead them on a totally different trajectory of life. And so I think, you know, saying that if y'all can capture and us too, we can capture these families early on and change what's happening. You know, we can then put them on such a different trajectory. And so hopefully Johnny's not coming into the med right. with a gunshot again and in because he keeps making horrible decisions in his life that, you know, those early on were ever prevented, you know, by speaking with this mom and his dad and teaching them right. and giving them the resources the care, the love, the compassion, um, because obviously we've we've realized you can't just 
Um, I think of even that book, When Helping Hurts. Yes. And it talks about, you know, that we can hurt these families if we just hand them money or we just, you know, the lead the, you know, you got to teach a man to fish. You can't just give them, you know, you can't just fish for them and give them the fish. You got to teach them how to fish. We have to teach these families these are things that you have to do in order for your life to change and be on a different trajectory. And so what are we doing to do that? Instead of just saying, oh, blank, this we're going to hand this to you. And then hopefully everything, you know, we're going to, you know, I mean, I think just even, again, because I know it the best, the Nurse Family Partnership. I mean, y'all are with them for two and a half years? How long are you with those families? For the Nurse Family Partnership, it's two years. We have another program that's Healthy Families America, and we're with those families for for five. One of the well, things... Well, Nurse Family Partnership, though, I even think about it, the kids graduate it too. They do. So you're with them for two. Well, the mothers in that for Nurse Family Partnership, um, the mothers are admitted before the end of their second trimester yeah. of pregnancy. So it's prenatal. That's what I was going to say. And it is very so it's specific. A yes. I mean, I did. I did remember that because I went to the graduations of the two year olds, and I mean, mm-hmm. I weeped crying. It yes. was yes. beautiful of the two year olds graduating. Um, but what y'all do beforehand. So again, that walking with, it's not a, oh, great. Right. You gave a healthy baby. Right. Let's move on. Right. Your nurses are staying with them. Yes. They for, stay with them for you. And then sometimes, you right. know, years later, oh, yeah, the relationships they're, they're still involved. Are there any other kind of community programs that you want to touch on? How many total do y'all have? We have... About 25, okay. um, either evidence-based or best practice programs. And we actually have about 225 um, employees wow. that work in our division. Wow. And we are in homes. Mm-hmm. We are in schools. We are in child care centers. We're outside the hospital. And how can, because obviously we've just touched on a few mm-hmm. of the community programs. How can people learn more about all the programs that you offer? Um, they can go online mm-hmm. at org and certainly find some information there. Um, reach out to Labonner. Mm-hmm. Um, we're glad to share the story. And when you talked about also being Methodist, yes. so you have some adult programs. We did. Well, Kind here's of. here's the secret okay, here. Okay. Okay. Is that children tend to live with grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just do. That's right. So for more than 45 years, we've been taking care of families. Okay. And okay. so about 5 or 6 years ago, um the Methodist system actually asked the Lamonter programming to look at the adult programming as well. Okay. And so we folded that in. Okay. Um, but we've been taking care of families. Okay. For all the the entire history. But the twenty five is yes, it's, it's all encompassing. It is all families, Methodist and Lamonter. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um and so caregiver hearing yes. this or neighbor or friend and you know they have somebody that you know knows that child struggles with asthma or um you know knows a teen mom and um you know something like that what's the best way for them to get plugged in i think they could certainly get plugged in through our website okay. um we always like to work with our community physicians mm-hmm. so they can certainly ask community physicians okay. um you know, for information about our programs, call a Bonner. 
um, you know, any any of those channels, they okay. could get in touch with us. What's the hope for the future of community programs for y'all? I think the hope for community is basically that we will meet patients in our hospitals and we will be able to follow them out into the community and make sure that they receive the care and the support that they need. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is connecting to community partners as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many huge needs in this community and we have to be so mindful of the limited resources that we have. So as a community really needing to pull together and take care of these children and these families. And it's the more that we can work with community partners to know what everyone is doing so that we can coordinate these services and not duplicate. And Lavonner has served in that role around housing. We're actually now working um, in the violence, in the youth violence space Mm -hmm. to really identify what other providers are doing so that we can get families the resources that they need. And it doesn't always have to be us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so really looking at kind of tying all this in of knowing that a lot of different community partners are doing great things. Maybe they need more support or maybe you need more support and how y'all can work together for the betterment of the child and the family as a whole. Right. And I think being part of a large health system, Mm -hmm. um, our livelihood is not, you know, dependent, you know, on these services. This is something extra that our health system does. And um, we have a large grants team that works with community partners really to bring in funding for all of us. And many times, you know, we'll work on grants um, and federal applications to bring resources into this community. We may not be the recipient of it, another community partner, but the net result is that it gets resources into this community to help families. Yeah, yeah. That's really beautiful. Is there anything else you think that we should know or our listeners should know? Um, I think that, um, you know, certainly support of Laboner mm-hmm. and Methodist for this for this work is something that we are always um, looking for. Um, all of our programs are either philanthropically or grant funding. Mm-hmm. Um, we depend on that support. So just um, the awareness for that as... Mm-hmm. Um, People look at places that they would like to invest. We Mm -hmm. certainly always can use more services for our families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for spending time with us. And thank you for your heart and your vision and um, the team that you have that's um, really just doing some amazing work. I know it is uh, hard work. And um, I I taught uh, uh, before kids. I taught... um, and uh, I taught in underserved, yes. um, struggling communities, and um, it's been almost 20 years since that first job and how much my eyes were opened to the needs and the struggles of these families and um, and just how we can all pull together to hopefully help right. provide the things that these families need and, and the support they need and how as a whole that'll better 
all of our community right, in right. our city. And really a big thank you to you, Brittany. I mean, for the work that you've done with the Forrest Spence Foundation. You've helped a lot of not only Lavonor families, mm-hmm. but our community families. And we appreciate that help. And we also appreciate the fact that you are such a voice for for children in this community. So thank you for your wonderful work here. Yeah. Really proud of you. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. We are very passionate about making sure that families and caregivers are aware of the things that are offered to them. And, um, you know, we just, a big part of what we say is that we just don't want people to feel alone. Um, you know, it was walking that road with Forrest was very lonely and, um, and, and just, And even though now I know there were things in place 15 years ago, I could have reached out to you, I could have known, but it was just this um, lack of knowing what there was and just being in this, like, he was so unbelievably sick to even think outside of that hospital room or to even think about what my needs were um, when I was so focused on him. But, you know, so much of what we want families to know is that they're not alone, that they have someone for them, advocating for them, whether it's they're not a family that needs our financial support or needs the things that we're able to provide, whether it's counseling or bill pay or money. But even if they need this, they need a voice to say, I'm going to bring people in to tell all of the wonderful things that are happening within our city um, and the wonderful things that are happening within the hospitals that we serve that are making a difference. Because I think, you know, being there for two months in the hospital, and again, so much has changed in 15 years. I mean, there wasn't palliative care 15 years ago, and, you know, there wasn't a Dr. Torres. I mean, there's a lot of things that Labonner has put in place seeing the needs, Mm -hmm. you know, that weren't being met and bringing those in to change things. Um, And so it's been such a joy to be able to even bring in, you know, the Austin Dalgos and the Carlos Torres to say, tell us the difference in what you're doing, um, because I wasn't there 15 years ago. And it was needed desperately 15 years ago. And, um, you know, so neat to know that it is there and how much we, the Four Spence Fund, can encourage families reach out ask for help. Say that you need the help. Don't try to walk this road of a sick kid alone. And, um, you know, with community partners, I think it's don't walk alone at all. I mean, you're having a kid is so hard. I mean, it is so hard. And so all the things that are thrown at us all the time, um, yesterday in my Bible study, they, or my Sunday school class, they were actually talking about the three biggest stressors Um, research shows and it's marriage children job and and first the question was what are the biggest stressors in your life and before that went up I I immediately was like my children Mm -hmm. you know even when we're we're flying well it's still just always you know are we doing a good job are they on the right track what are we doing with health we're doing studies Um, and so I, I just appreciate that community partners is saying Hey, we're here for you. Whatever that looks like, um, we're going to support you. And really, you're going to support those that need it the most. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So thank you all for everything you do. Well, and thank you. You are a blessing for this community. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. We hope that this podcast is a resource for you and a source of support. Whether you are facing illness in your own family or want to walk beside other families dealing with childhood illness. 
We want the stories, wisdom, and knowledge shared to give you hope. Episodes will be released bi-weekly, so be sure to subscribe today.